Hello, everyone. I'm Mari Silby with US Ignite, and welcome back to the Ignite On Air podcast. We're talking small cells again, this time with officials from the city of Dallas. And to set the stage, it was just about two years ago that the state of Texas passed a law governing how cities should work with wireless carriers for small cell deployments. And while this took away a lot of the initial leverage cities had to negotiate permitting fees and timelines, it didn't change the fact that telecom companies and local governments still have to find ways to work together to make these small cell deployments feasible. That topic of how communities have adapted their strategies for partnering with carriers was a big focus during our recent Smart City Small Cell Forum event. And to continue that conversation, I invited our speakers from Dallas to join me here on this podcast. I'd like to introduce Ali Hatefi, Shri Viramalu, and Don Knight. Thank you for being here today. Ali, let's start with you. Can you first tell us what your role is with the city? Hi, uh, again, my name is Ali Hatefi. First of all, thank you for inviting us uh, for this podcast. Uh, I'm the Assistant Director of Public Works Department, and I'm over the right-of-way management and construction inspection, um, so deployment of the uh, 5G or small cell was under the section that I'm overseeing. Great. Well, when your discussions about widespread small cell deployments started, Uh, I understand the city of Dallas brought all of the wireless carriers and the power utility company together to talk about what those deployments might look like. Can you describe briefly what that process was and then some of the standards and procedures you created? Sure, absolutely. So uh, we started implementing, you know, all the requirements that we thought that's the best interest to the city. And then uh, we started receiving feedback individually from different industries. Once we were at the same table, you know, everyone could share uh, what they had. Of course, you know, not all the details were shared and some companies didn't uh, feel very comfortable to uh, share uh, all the details with their basically competitors at the time. And, uh, but regardless, we got the good feedback of what the challenges are. So we decided to incorporate whatever was feasible to the city of Dallas, to the design manual when we uh, did it. We received a bunch of comments. We went over all the comments and uh, we decided to uh, maybe agree or disagree on a you know, specific comment. And then at that point, we created another version or revision of the design manual. So we sent it out again for um, comment at that point. Everything um, on our end is on the public website, the public works website. And um, I, yeah, I do think it's interesting, too, that you involve the power utility as well. Um, I want to turn to Don. One thing I thought was fascinating that you mentioned in our forum event was that your team started offering carriers access to new sites for small cells that wouldn't otherwise have been available. How did that work and how did that change the discussion with the wireless carriers? Well, uh, Don Knight uh, with the Dallas City Attorney's Office, when we first developed our design manual, we had anticipated that most small cells would be able to be installed on existing utility poles and street lights. And after our design manual was complete, uh, the local investor-owned electric utility that serves the North Texas area issued its own rules, and they only allowed small cell providers on secondary distribution poles and prohibited them from putting anything other than the antenna on the pole itself. So street lights and all the other poles were off limits under the electric utilities rules. 
Uh, our, our rules do not generally allow ground furniture because of safety concerns and just the issue of finite space and crowded rights of way. So that meant most of the poles we expected would be available on small cell for two small cell providers were now off limits because of the electric utilities rules. While we discussed how we could encourage use of existing poles so that there weren't we weren't adding thousands of new poles that would cause visual blight and decrease safety for vehicles, you know, by multiplying the number of rigid obstacles they could hit in the right of way. We kept coming back to it's a shame that we can't use the utility on street lights that are all over the city. But we could not force that so long as they were owned by the utility. So Shri remarked that it would be great if we could somehow get the small cell providers to install new LED street lights with the capacity to become smart poles with city provided technology. And that got me thinking that the utility-owned streetlights were only there because we, as their customer, had paid to have them installed. And I knew that we had the right to have them removed if we paid any unamortized costs for the existing streetlights. So I proposed we offer small cell providers the option of removing an existing utility-owned streetlight and replacing it with a city-owned LED streetlight that could later be equipped with city-provided smart devices. To take advantage of this, the small cell providers had to cover the costs of removing the utility-owned streetlight and installing the new city-owned streetlight. And the small cell providers were then responsible for maintaining the pole and restoring it if knocked down, while the city was responsible for maintaining the streetlight and any smart devices on the pole. The concept was popular enough with small cell providers that we heard they we're recommending to other cities that they do the same thing that Dallas had done. I see. So that's interesting. So that was a chance for you to give them something that they wouldn't have otherwise had access to. And at the same time, you were able to offload some of the cost while still maintaining ownership of those sites. Is that about right? It was. Yes, exactly. Shri, do you want to talk a little bit about those new, uh, what those new smart poles look like and what some of the design requirements are? Yeah, hi, uh, this is Priviram Malu, City of Dallas, uh, Department of Transportation. Um, you know, when we uh, first thought about the poll, you know, we were looking at options around to see w- what has been done in the, in the past with other cities. And uh, we were also looking at, hey, you know, what what is that that the providers want in terms of spacing? And uh, we we're also keen on trying to, um, you know, Put everything inside and close it so it, it's, it would be pleasing to the eye right i mean so we had uh, to balance you know what would be our technical requirements and also what would be something that's pleasing to uh, you know in a historic district you know that that's kind of what we started off with and you know the basic idea was hey we're replacing a street light so it should primarily serve a function of a light um, so we said, well, you know, what, 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 are, what are the design requirements that we have for a street light and what do we need to augment it with? So we looked at, we, we were like, you know, if we are going to allow these providers, there are, you know, different providers will have different manufacturers. So they'll have different uh, ways of building things. We said, what is the most common thing we want them to stick to? So that's kind of what we laid ground. It's, it's more or less like, like basic, you know, minimum guidelines that we had, you know, what is the wind speed that you need to design it for? 
we also wanted to make sure the the polls will fit on you know same bold pattern so basically irrespective of who the provider is you know where wherever they install it it's the same bold pattern so it's uniform across the city so if if there was an issue with one of the provider one of them goes you know bankrupt or whatever happens we have the option to replace the poll with a standard poll that we can on the same bold pattern so you know this you know Design speed was one that we asked, you know, say, hey, minimum 110 miles per hour wind loading. You know, we said, this is a bold pattern we want. And then the other thing we were trying to uh, do was, hey, what can we uh, fit um, at eye level versus what can we fit, you know, 30 feet up in the air? So we, we were trying to look at uh, these aspects. We were looking at some examples and came up with, hey, we would want to use a cylindrical design and so it will conceal everything in. And, you know, it'll also give option for people to install something about the light. So when, when city forces go and maintain the light, they are not actually, you know, working at the radios, but below the radios is kind of what the thought was. So it, it kind of evolved over time. We start off with minimum basic requirements and went into what we wanted. And, uh, you know, we came up with a design that most of the pro providers were able to accept and move on and manufacture. And, uh, you know, uh, what we have is, uh, you know, what you can look at in, in our design manual. And we also have, uh, you know, plenty of installations in the city uh, that we can provide some pictures for people to look at. What's a good website for people to check if they want to go see what your design ma design manual has as, as requirements? If they just uh, type in uh, right-of-way management uh, system, the city of Dallas, it'll take you to the website. And uh, it's actually incorporated as a part of the right-of-way management and we have our design manual and all the other additional documentation that we have out there. Great. Last question I have is, what is the outlook for small cell deployments in Dallas at this point for the rest of the year? And how much, if at all, has it changed with the current COVID-19 health crisis? Sure, I guess I, I'll start and then I'll let maybe Don and uh, Sri talk about that also. Uh, as of now, our operation is it still the same um, as far as the COVID-19 goes, uh, you know, regarding the deployment of the small cell. We have received some complaints from some residents saying that, you know, uh, there, is, there are some evidence that this 5G is related to COVID-19 and all this is speculation. And they're asking us to uh, basically stop the process or at least delay the process till everything is over with this COVID-19. And, but at this time, uh, we haven't stopped the process yet and the process is still going on. And one good thing was that our right of a permit is an online-based permit system that uh, even before COVID-19, it was the same way. And, uh, you know, people are submitting their application uh, online and uh, along with that, all the supporting documents and we review them and uh, we approve them if it's possible. So that hasn't changed. And we try to let citizens know that this is the state law that we cannot dictate um, and saying that they cannot install any um, 5G, you know, small cell in the city of Dallas. However, we can guide them where to install or where and tell them what the limitations are. And that could be the topic for a whole other podcast, particularly, I know there have been protests around 
5G and health concerns, uh, many of which are not backed up by by serious claims. But again, that's a that's a whole topic for another podcast. So for right now, um, I think we're going to close with that. I know that community engagement and making sure the public is informed and educated is very important, and we're going to continue to try to do that. But for right now, I want to thank all three of you for joining us today. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I'm Mari Silby, and my guests today on the Ignite On Air podcast have been Ali Hatefi, Sri Viramalu, and Don Knight from the city of Dallas. If you are interested in learning more about U.S. Ignite as a nonprofit and about our public-private partnership programs, please visit our website at us-ignite.org. I also want to thank the sponsors for our U.S. Ignite Forum program, including Ingram Micro, Comscope, AT&T, Axis, and Deloitte. Thanks for listening.